Hey everybody, it's Pastor Will. Welcome or welcome back to the Brazos Fellowship Podcast. Thank you for listening today. And at the end of this episode, please take a moment to subscribe to this podcast if you aren't already. But more importantly, I hope the following presentation inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. All right. Merry Christmas, everybody. Woo! Oh my goodness. We were a little scared this rain might scare you away. We, we should not have been afraid. This is amazing. Thank you guys so much for braving the weather, being out here, letting us be a part of your Christmas Eve. A couple of quick important things you need to know uh, as we move into the end of the year and starting a brand new 2024. Men, where are my men in the room here? Any, any guys? We're going to have our very first Brazos Fellowship Men's Night, Men's Event on January the 19th. It's a Friday night, and uh, you can register for it, guys, just by scanning that. Uh, you can go to our website, brazosfellowship.com, but I need you to register soon. Let us know that you're interested. Let us know you're, you're curious. This might seal the deal. You're going to get a delicious plate of barbecue. And you're going to meet a lot of great dudes, and you're going to get a challenging message that's also encouraging that night. It's going to be a great way. Now, ladies, we have not forgotten about you. There is a ladies' event in the works. We are working on it. It's going to come a little later in the year, in the fall. We just know that's coming. Um, also, I just wanted to remind you again, as we come to the end of the year, let's honor our commitments to God here financially at Brazos Fellowship. Really want to encourage you to make the most of these last few days to be able to tally up whatever it is that you committed to percentage-wise. Just encourage you to give that, to honor that. I know when Leslie and I have done that, even when it's been scary and it was a stretch, God blessed that in a big way. Now, as we start the new year, I'm going to be starting the new year with a new uh, series, a new sermon series. Uh, and that new sermon series is going to be called Paper Walls, Moving Beyond the Excuses That Hold Us Back, okay? And so I'm excited to share this new series. We're going to start that in January. All of us have excuses that we don't think are excuses. We're going to unpack that a little bit and talk about these things that unknowingly are holding us back. This could be a great breakthrough for all of us as we start a brand new year. Don't miss out on that in January. Also, today, here today on Christmas Eve, we're going to have a special Christmas communion at the end of the service. I don't want you to miss out. Don't leave too quickly, okay? Plus, it'll give a little more time for that rain to go away, all right? And so we want you to be a part of that. We're going to end with an incredible worship song that has been an amazing song that we have used to celebrate all throughout the year. It'll be a great way to close out 2023 together. Now, as we start today, I want you to know that our, today's message, the sermon today, is Christmas is for everyone. Christmas is for everyone. Now, you might be saying, well, wait a minute, Will. Don't you mean Christmas is for Christians? Because uh, it's right there in the name. <laughs> Christ, right? You know, but if you were to say Christmas is only for Christians you would be incorrect because even God had something different to say about that than most people understand. Let's take a look at the first announcement that God gave to his angels. By the way, angel is less of a description of the being and more of a description of the job description of the person. It just means messenger. They were coming to bring God's message. And what exactly, I want us to look carefully, what was the message 
that God sent the angels to give to the shepherds on the night that Jesus was born. Let's take a look at that together. The angel reassured them. By the way, the, the uh, shepherds, as you may remember, were frightened to death. They thought they were going to die, okay? So the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you the most joyful news ever announced. It is for, let's read the highlighted word at the end. It is for everyone. Now, they're just literally mimicking. Now, God told them, when you get down here, here's what I want you to say. This is what I want you to say. They're just literally um, echoing the words, the heart of God himself. A couple of months later, after Jesus was born, Mary and Joseph bring baby Jesus to the temple. This was traditional in Jewish homes that you would come and you would uh, dedicate your firstborn to God. And this is what they were doing. They were coming to the temple and they were coming to dedicate Jesus to God, which sounds kind of ironic if he's the son of God, but this is what they were doing. They were wanting to obey and follow the rules. And so they come there and they meet this man named Simeon. We're told that he was full of the Holy Spirit. He was devout and righteous. And he takes the baby in his arms and under the inspiration of the Spirit of God, he prays this prayer out loud. It is a beautiful prayer, but I want you to look at the words of what God inspires this man Simeon to say over Jesus as a baby. He says this. He says, I have seen your salvation. He had been waiting his whole life for this Messiah, and he's, he's looking at this baby, and he's going, this is God's salvation. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for, let's say it together, for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, everybody, all ethnos would be the Greek word, ethnicities, all people groups, everybody, everybody. And this is the interesting thing I want you to see today, is that we walk our way through what God offers to all people through the Christmas story, through this account, this moment in history, and how it changes everything, is that that, that, that a God, unlike people, God does not play favorites, okay? That God is bringing his message, his good news, his joyful news to all people. So the follow-up question we got to ask is this, okay, if he doesn't play favorites, what does God offer to all people? Maybe you're here saying, man, I would love to know that. I would really love to know because I have only heard what God is against, that his wrath is going to come down on this and that and whatever, but you don't really know what he is for, what he has brought for you. And that's what this message is all about today, okay? So here's the first one. The first thing that God offers to all people is that he shines his goodness on all people. Now, what does that mean? Well, here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 45. He says, God is kind to, let's say the highlighted words together, God is kind to everyone. He causes the sun to shine on everyone, both the good people and the bad people, okay? Everyone. He causes, cause, he causes the rain to fall on everyone, people who obey him and people who do not obey him. He, he is showing his love. This is sometimes called common grace of God, that he shows kindness. He, he uh, gives us breath. He gives us life. He gives us opportunity. He gives things to people who have never done a thing for him. He cares for people who don't care a thing for him. 
he does this. Now, at Christmas, it is a special situation. At Christmas, we're told, and this was from the writings of Paul to one of his protégés, Titus. He writes to Titus, and he says in chapter 3, verse 4, he says, when the kindness and love of our God, of God our Savior, appeared, now he's talking about the birth of Jesus here. When the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of righteous things we had done. We didn't earn this. We, didn't, we weren't good enough. It wasn't because God was like, okay, they finally were good enough. I'm going to send Jesus to earth. Not at all. Why? So why did he do it? But because, he's telling us why, because of his mercy, because of his mercy for us. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. This is the beautiful gift God offers to all people through his son coming to earth. He, he offers rebirth, that you can be born again, the New Testament language is. That you could be born again, how is that possible? Through the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit that you can be born again. He offers this to every single person. He showers down his love. Now, here's the second thing, is that God showers his love on all people. He showers his love. In Psalm 145, it tells us that he showers compassion on all his creation, all creation. Uh, let me ask you this. Have you ever made something fixed something like i'm not real handy around the house i'm usually the first person that needs to call somebody to fix something at the house but occasionally i've renovated something i fixed something almost by accident i fixed it you know uh, i've done a little bit of work around the house but whenever i do it and i do it well like it turns out good i don't know about you but i keep going back and checking on it i like look i like to look at it wow i did that it's not leaking yet all right that's good you know, I, I, I don't know about you, but and what's interesting about that is we do the same thing with our children, don't, I, don't we? We love them. We check in on them. We check in on them. And I have just learned, I've got a, a granddaughter that just turned one this two days ago. I check in on her all the time. I want pictures like all the time of her constantly. You know why we do that? You know why we do that? Because love pays attention love pays attention jesus said it this way where your treasure is there your heart will be also where you put the treasure of your time and your effort and your energy and your your money you, you're going to care more about those people those things and god has poured all his treasure into us Job, one of the oldest books in the Bible. Job, some of you may be familiar, went through one of the most horrendous things a human being could go through, a parent could go through. His children all died before him. But he learned something powerful about God through all of that. And he tells us in Job 23, verse 10, he's talking about God here. He says, he knows the way that I take. And he, let's say it together, he pays attention to it. God is mindful of your ways and he is mindful of mine. You're always on God's mind, even if God is not on yours. We tend to think that he's only thinking about us if we're thinking about him, but that's not the way it is. 
It's kind of like a little child playing peekaboo. When they cover their eyes, they're thinking, you can't see me right now. <laughs> peekaboo, okay, now you can see me. We think about God like that sometimes, and it sounds crazy, but that's not how he works. He's thinking about you all the time, just like you think about your children. I love what the prophet Isaiah said in Isaiah 49. He said it this way. He says, can a mother forget her nursing child? Like, no. I mean, I, if there ever was a relationship where one person is not going to forget the other one, it is a mother with a nursing child, right? He says, even if that were possible, and it's not, but even if it were possible, he's talk, this is God speaking, I would not forget you. I would not forget you. I will never forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hand. You are ever before me. I'm always thinking about you. Has anyone ever told you that? You are always on God's mind. He's thinking about you right now. He loves you. You are his precious child. Even when we forget about him, even when we ignore him, he refuses to forget about us and ignore us. He's always thinking about it. You are precious to him. And he wants to shower his love on you. Now, he's not going to force you into a relationship with him. But this is what he desires. Here's the third thing that God offers to all people. God shares the pain of all people. Okay? He shares the pain, whatever it is you're going through. I love what the psalmist says in Psalm 33, verse 15. It says, he made their hearts, he's talking about us, he made their hearts so he, let's say it together, so he understands everything they do. He didn't say that he condones or agrees with everything they do, but he, he gets you, he gets me, he gets us. Even when we're making horrible decisions for our life, he's like, I understand why you would do that because of the way you're thinking. It is the process that you have adopted. There's a certain worldview, there's a certain way of, of, of logic or the lack of, of illogic that you've adopted. And that's why you're doing this. And God loves us so much. He's not willing to leave us alone in our current situation. He loves us, he loves you just the way you are, but he loves you too much to leave you like that, right? This is why, just like if you saw a child or a grandchild that was making horrible decisions that were about to drive their life off a cliff, you would be compelled. Love pays attention, right? You would be compelled to step in and say, wait, sweetheart, hey, buddy, before you do this, I gotta share something with you. I gotta share the truth with you. I gotta help you. And God constantly is sharing his truth. He wants us to adopt, listen to, apply his truth to our life rather than the default truth, quote, using that loosely, of our culture that is given to us. He's saying, now sometimes the truth that I give you is going to cut across the grain of the truth that is being given to you in culture. And let me just tell you, there's a reason for that because that will lead to devastation and heartbreak and destruction. I love you too much to see you drive off that cliff. I love you. I love you. I love that what Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15 is such a great reminder of the kind of priest, the kind of leader, king that Jesus is, the kind of leader that he means to be in our life. Jesus, our great priest, let's say it together, understands us. 
He understands us. He knows how weak we are. He knows that we sometimes want to do wrong things, right? That's just being honest. The devil tried to make him do all those same kinds of wrong things, but Jesus never did anything wrong. He never sinned. Now, sometimes people will say, well, because of that will, I feel like Jesus can't really relate to me. He hasn't, been, he hasn't fallen to the same sins or the same temptations that I have. And I love the writings of C.S. Lewis. He brings such great insight into this. He says, actually, when you think about it, what Jesus went through makes him the only one who actually does understand you. Because if you think about it, like, I love this metaphor. He says, and this is in Mere Christianity. He says, think about temptation coming at all of us like a wind, okay? It's, it's a heavy, harsh wind. And it's getting stronger and stronger. And he says, and eventually, every man and woman will lay down because this wind is so great. Jesus was the only one who never laid down. He took it all. Ten minutes after everybody had laid down, he's still up. He's still going. He's still going forward. There's no one who can relate, no one who can fully understand like Jesus all the full brunt of temptation you have faced in this life, yet he did not fall. And you would think with all of that experience and all of that like victory that Jesus had, he would be like, condemning like why can't you get it together like i got it together why can't you pull yourself up by your bootstraps and do what i did but rather he comes with compassion he does just the opposite of what a human would do in psalm 34 verse 18 i love this david the psalm of david he says the lord is let's say it together the lord is close to the brokenhearted are you brokenhearted today? Maybe Christmas brings up all kinds of heartbreak from the past. People who've broken up with you, divorced you, walked out on you, hurt you, violated you, betrayed you. You need to know the Lord doesn't condemn you for that. He's close to you. And he goes on to say, he rescues those whose spirits are crushed some of you have crushed spirits today life has been so brutal it has been so hard but you need to know there is a rescuer that is coming for you and it is the lord god almighty he loves you and this is what is offered through the christmas account you may be here feeling that way today would you just open your heart to him that's what I'm asking. What's the next thing that God offers? Number four, God sacrificed his son for all people. I love this. In 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6, the apostle Paul writing to young protege Timothy, he's talking about Jesus. He says, he died as a sacrifice on behalf of, let's say it together, on behalf of all people to pay the debt he's that's why he died right he paid the debt of their sins okay he's he's letting me see if you ever wanted to know the big why behind the cross a big 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 part of the why behind the cross was the fact that jesus came to pay the debt of your sin and mine 
He came to satisfy, to be able to cleanse us from all unrighteousness, to be able to have us to be able to go, I'm free. I'm not in bondage to sin anymore. I don't have to live as a slave to sin. That's the way Jesus said it. All, the, the, all those who continue in their sin are a slave to it. It stops being a choice, and now you're just in bondage to it. It's like, I want you to be free. And it's more than just forgiveness. It's more than just forgiveness. I want you to see this. This is beautiful. In John chapter 1, verse 29, John, who we come to know as John the Baptist, or John the Baptizer later, the cousin of Jesus, he says this publicly when Jesus begins his public ministry. John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Not just a few, but the world. Now, I want you to think about this for a second. Why did Jesus die on the cross? He died for the forgiveness of sin, but not just for the forgiveness of sin. It was more than that. Because as you read the Bible, you will notice that God was forgiving sin from heaven. He didn't have to necessarily come to... That's what the whole sacrificial system of the Old Testament was for, is to help satisfy and take away sin. And God was in charge of all of that. But he wanted more than just you and I to be forgiven. He wanted us to be reconciled. That is so much more powerful. He wanted our life to be infused with purpose and meaning and power. The Apostle Paul said it this way in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15. He says, he died, talking about Jesus, he died for everyone so that those who receive the, his new life will no longer live for themselves Instead, they will live for who? Will live for Christ, who died and was raised for them. You see, Jesus came to infuse your life with purpose and meet divine purpose. That you don't have to get up every day and say, well, it's all about will, about making will happy, about making more money for will, to have uh, things for will. That is an empty shell of a life. And at the end of your life, what do you have to show for your life? Nothing. Jesus is saying, you were not built to live like that. You were built to live, to, to contribute your life to something greater than yourself, to contribute your life to something that will never, ever, ever be taken away, that will lay up treasure in heaven, that will never be taken away forever and ever and ever. That's what you were born for. That's what you were here for. And that's what Jesus came for. What else does he offer? Number five, that God offers this, that God will share his home with all who believe and receive his son. All who believe and receive his son. In 1 John, uh, pardon me, John chapter 1, verse 12, we're told this. We're told that to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God that they believed, they received him, and they put the weight of their trust in him. He gave them the right to be children of God. I love how Luke puts it in Acts chapter 10, verse 35, and this is from the message translation. It says, it makes no difference who you are or where you're from. It doesn't matter. If you want God and are ready to, let's say it together, do as he says to follow him, that's what a disciple does, right? The door is open. 
The door is open. This Christmas Eve, the door is open to you. For some of you, 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 maybe you never knew this, that God has opened his gift of salvation to you to receive him, to receive his forgiveness, but to be reconciled to him and to be able to live for him. What a gift. The door is opened. What will be your response? The ball is in your court. It is your move. How will you respond based on who he is and all that he offers to you? I love this in Acts chapter 2, verse 21. It says, everyone, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. Now, here's what I want to do. I want to read to you a prayer. This prayer is simply taking all of the things that God offers through Christmas, and it puts it in one prayer. I'm going to read it to you so you know what's in it. And then some of you here, I truly believe this is going to be a turning point. I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. It's going to be a pivotal moment in your life that if you will take these words and make them your own and you will pray them from your heart, this will change the trajectory, eternal trajectory of your life. So let me share with you the, the, the prayer. It's simply saying, dear God, thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you for loving me and caring about every detail of my life. Thank you for sharing in my pain, and most of all, thank you for sending Jesus at Christmas to save me. I believe he died on the cross for me, and I want to receive him as my Savior. Please forgive my sin and accept me into your family. I want to learn to love you, to trust you, and to follow you for the rest of my life. Then I want to join you in heaven forever. Amen. Now, here's what I'd like to ask you to do right now. I want to ask you to pray this prayer with me. And as we pray, the band's going to be making their way back out. We're going to be worshiping after we do our communion together. But I want you just to focus on these words right now. Because there are some of you in the room, I want to just guide you back through this. And I want to ask you just to pray this right where you are. Because some of you, maybe it's been a long time since you've been in church or a long time since you have felt close to God or maybe you've never had that kind of intimacy with God, never had that kind of wake up with divine purpose because you and God are doing this life together. I want you more than anything to leave here today. I desperately want this for you, to leave here today with confidence, knowing where you stand with God. It will make this Christmas, starting with this Christmas, 2023, the best one yet. And it will make 2024 the best year yet that you do it with God. As a matter of fact, that was one of the prophetic names given to Jesus back in Isaiah 7, 14. Emmanuel, God with us. We get to do life with God now because Jesus came. Right now, if you would, let's bow together in prayer and if you would, right where you sit, I want to ask you just to pray. You can pray it silently, you can pray it out loud, however you want to do it, but pray this prayer with me. Dear God, thank you for your goodness to me. Thank you for loving me and caring about every detail of my life. Thank you for sharing my pain. And most of all, thank you for sending Jesus at Christmas to save me. I believe he died on the cross for me, and I want to receive him as my Savior. Please forgive my sin and accept me into your family. I want to learn to love you, 
to trust you and to follow you for the rest of my life. Then I want to join you in heaven forever. And right now, with heads bowed, eyes closed, still in this moment before God, if you just prayed this, meaning it with your heart, maybe for the first time, really pouring out your heart to God, and today is the day, with everybody bowed, eyes closed right now, I just love to pray for you. Would you just raise your hand if you say, Will, that's me, I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ right now. God bless you, I see that hand right there. Anybody else? God bless the two of you, I see you right back over here. God bless you right back there in the very back, right over here, sweetheart, I see you. Anybody in the balcony giving my life to Christ right now? Anybody up there missing? Anybody else back over here on this side? Father, God bless you, sir. I see you right back there on the very back row next to the sound booth. Praise God for all those. And I see you right back there, sir, on the very back row next to the stairwell. Praise the Lord. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for touching hearts today. Thank you for transforming lives. This is the reason for which you came, that we might be transformed through the Holy Spirit. And I pray right now, God, that every person who is committing their life to you, that you would share that with somebody today who will celebrate that with you. Go by our Welcome Center. We'd love to share it with you. We'd love, have a special gift we'd love to share with you. If you don't have a Bible, we'd love to give you one. We just ask right now, Lord, that you would just bless the rest of our time. Let it be just a sweet aroma to you of worship as we come before you right now. We pray it all in the amazing name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Brazos Valley, we would love for you to engage with us at one of our weekend services. For directions, service times, and information about our fabulous children's and student environments, visit us at brazosfellowship.com. That's brazosfellowship.com.